Welcome to another episode of Sports and Discourse with your host, Derek Stevenson. Man, we got to get into this uh, Kentucky-Gonzaga game. And unfortunately, Kentucky got blasted tonight. Um, Kentucky had their moments where they uh, could have actually tightened it up and, you know, I guess I want to say they had a moment or two where they may have had a shot to win the game. But for the most part, Gonzaga was dragging them the whole entire game. And one of the things that I noticed right off the bat, Gonzaga just has a very big athletic team. They got multiple big men that can play out on the floor, can play at the rim. They all go crash the glass. I knew Oscar Sheway was going to have another double-double. Quite frankly, it's probably going to be almost impossible to keep the man from getting 10 rebounds if he doesn't get in foul trouble. So I knew he would get a double-double, but I knew this was going to be one of the toughest ones that he's probably ever at least got while he's at Kentucky. And he had to work super hard to get it because – Gonzaga constantly had two to three guys on the floor at all times that was tall and just played hard and crashed on every single possession. And one thing about, like I said, the versatility with those big men, Kentucky really doesn't have big men that can really guard the dribble that well. And like Timmy is a little bit bigger than Oscar. But when Timmy had Oscar out on the floor, Oscar really doesn't have lateral quickness and he doesn't really move his feet well on defense away from the basket. And I don't know if that's because of this surgery that he just had or if he just doesn't have it in him to, you know, be a, a great uh, like perimeter defender. And that's one thing that probably is actually going to hurt him or hurt his NBA draft stock a little is that his inability to guard the perimeter because now you already you can already tell what happened to him if he gets put in pick and roll situations he's probably if he's getting um you know drilled by Timmy off the dribble then he's probably going to get destroyed if he gets in the NBA and he got real live NBA caliber point guards playing pick and roll um but not to harp on Oscar too much Oscar does what he does he going to get you you know, a, a nice, strong double-double. The part that's concerning, though, is that, like I said, number one, I just I just think Gonzaga is just a better team than Kentucky. At least right now, currently, they are a better team than Kentucky. I think if, if they would play Kentucky two or three more times over the next two weeks, they probably still beat them every single time. And I'm not really for sure how long it's going to take, but Kentucky might not be a good team until it might, it might take them maybe to the end of December. Who knows? Um, but right now they just not really ready for a strong competition. And unfortunately for them, they got a really tough schedule coming up. So they, they probably need to really start trying to figure some things out, but they just, the, the weird thing about this team is, right, on paper, 
it's probably the most experienced team that Calipari may have had. At least I know while he's at Kentucky, this is the most experienced team on paper. He got a bunch of upperclassmen. You know, he, he has four freshmen, but he really only uses two freshmen. And realistically, he only gives one freshman a large amount of minutes. Chris Livingston gets a little bit of clock. Uh, he he may have an opportunity to start here and there, depending on how he looks in practice or what lineups Calipari's trying to go with. But ultimately, Kaysen Wallace is the only really young guy that he uses a lot. The rest of them, you know, Sheway, plenty of experience. Toppin, a little bit of experience. Wheeler, a decent amount of experience. But outside of that, nobody really played. So you're talking about Wallace is a brand new player. Livingston is a brand new player. You got Ware. He's been in the program, but really he he's never really played a whole lot. Him and Toppin kind of about the same. They played, but they really didn't play. Then you got Reeves on paper. He's got a lot of experience, but... It's obvious that he's not comfortable yet playing against high-level competition. Now, you put Reeves out there with mid-major competition, he's going to get you 18 to 20. He can do it pretty easily. He looks like um, a pro-level guard, actually. But when you get him against the r- the real competition, right now he he's just struggling a whole lot. It seems like he's rushing a whole lot of his shots. Uh. He missing a whole lot of bunnies. Like he's missing a lot of layups at the rim, little floaters. He might make a tough three. He might even make a three off the dribble every now and again. But when he played a low level competition, you can almost book it. When he get a a good look, he's gonna hit. And that's even kind of the same way with uh, C.J. Frederick. I know uh, Frederick has, you know, Big Ten experience where he looked good. And maybe that injury slowed him down and he just still quite ain't all the way back. But the top-notch competition is really, really getting him because not only is he not able to get shots up, he can't play no defense either. And that's the part that really hurts. It's like not only are you not able to produce anything on offense, but you are getting destroyed on defense and I know pretty much everybody was getting destroyed except for like Kaysen Wallace you know he Kaysen Wallace is a pretty good defender um he gonna usually he probably gonna be able to match up decent unless he you know unless he's playing a super guard he's probably gonna be okay defensively and not get destroyed but everybody else pretty much getting destroyed and um like I said you got guys like Frederick Reeves, they're not producing. They're not giving you anything. Uh, Toppin gave us a little bit, but the thing about Toppin is Toppin just seems to lose confidence when he's playing with Oscar Sheway for some reason. It's almost like, like he doesn't know what to do or he gets confused when Oscar's on the court. Like he doesn't know how to fit into the game with Oscar. But whenever Oscar's on the bench or when they play a low-level competition without Oscar, he looks great. Like, Toppin is a super confusing player to me because when you get him out there, 
and he's playing against the low level competition or when you see him doing workouts um he's gonna jump off the charts at you he's super athletic he looks like he has an okay jump shot he handles the ball pretty decent he plays hard block shots but he's doing all of this on low level competition then when you get him against you know the real deal he kind of looks unsure of what he's even supposed to be doing like he doesn't know like am I supposed to just stay over here and just give it to Oscar every time or am I actually supposed to try to make something happen and when he tries to make something happen he actually get a little bit done but he just doesn't do it enough and I need him to do it when Oscar's on the court with him like you gotta give Kentucky has to have two or three guys on the court at all times that can produce something. It can't just be Oscar and Casey Wallace and Severe Wheeler, the only guys with some heart, with some guts, that's willing to try to make something happen. As much as Wheeler probably irks everybody, um, probably got the whole Kentucky fan base yelling at the screen, pulling their hair out. So he's really one of the only ones that that really will try to go get it done. And he makes a lot of mistakes, but nobody else really seemed to have the same level of, of competitiveness. A lot of guys just be out there standing around. You know, they, they just not really into the game. One thing about Gonzaga, Gonzaga didn't even really play that well, but they competed at a high level. Like, they had a lot of turnovers. Like, I think they had seven more turnovers than Kentucky, but they just all play hard. They don't back down. They're not scared. Like, they just keep fighting. They keep going. And, you know, Kentucky, if Kentucky just had more competitive nature, maybe they could pull out some of these games even when they play bad because that's really the way I look at the game. Like, they just, like, Gonzaga just got something in their chest where it's like they just knew they were going to win. They were just going to play just – just play harder. They just wanted it more than Kentucky, and they was just going to get to it. And Kentucky just seemed like the pressure is getting them. I don't know if it's them feeling like that they were supposed to be a championship contender, and they've been hearing too much of it, and it's it's just making them a little unsure. Uh, but either way, um, they just look like they're not ready to compete at a high level. And I just wonder how long it's going to actually take before they, if they do round into something. Because like I said, uh, a lot of these guys, even though on paper they may be, you know, advanced college players, they're not really playing. Like Collins, you know, basically this is pretty much like his freshman year because he wasn't really getting any minutes at all last year. He just very, just, you know, getting a little bit this year. Very rarely does he ever get to play big minutes. Um, so it's kind of like he's a freshman. Then he's not. Cal doesn't have confidence in Anyenzo or Thero at all at this point. He's not using Thero at all. Um, and Anyenzo gets a little bit of minutes here and there whenever, you know, the big men are in foul trouble and he's absolutely desperate. Uh, and he has to bring in Anyenzo. So them two guys is pretty much here to just practice and, you know, try to get in better condition for next year because I don't really see them seeing the floor much. Um, 
and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I I feel like uh, Thero just might be one of those guys that just has a knack to make stuff happen because when he plays the low-level competition, he just kind of seems like one of those guys that that does play hard, that does compete. Like he might want to try, just give him a little, just give him a chance, just give him a little bit of time, and just see what he can do. Like see if he if he's not overwhelmed because some a lot of the guys that you already playing, they just not getting it done. Uh, I thought Chris Livingston would be a little bit better. I know he's young. Um, so I guess, you know, I got to give him the same pass that I gave all the other freshmen that came before him. I got to give him a little time to learn and try to figure out what to do out there. But he's really behind. He's far behind, in my opinion. Um, like I said, Casey Wallace looks all right. Like, he looks good enough. Um, I can't really knock him. He, he does what he's supposed to do on both ends of the court. I really actually wish that Cason didn't have to play so much point guard. Um, I really wish he could play off the ball because I feel like if he got to play off the ball, he would probably be a little bit more effective trying to actually score instead of trying to uh, distribute the ball to a lot of these guys that's just standing around and not really able to do anything. But that kind of brings me to my next point, and that's Calipari, right? And everybody that knows me knows I spend years defending Calipari, right? Um, because I think he gets judged unfairly a little bit. I think he gets judged really harshly compared to other coaches. And some of that is probably, like I said, I just probably see and hear a lot more than I would normally if I wasn't in this area. But me being in Lexington, I hear it so much that I always am like super quick to like defend him, right? But he's definitely making it harder for me to defend him because when I look out there and I see a lot of these guys that just can't get their shots, then it makes me think whenever I hear people say he's not really a coach, he's just a recruiter. And I'm like, there's, I'm seeing a little bit of a point to that statement because I, of course I, I'm, I'm not saying it like some people think he just – he just tells the players to go out there and they do everything. And, you know, he has no say in what's going on. He doesn't have any idea what he's doing. He just puts the players out there. Of course, I don't think that. But I do feel like he's not really doing much to to help his players. Um, I feel like even if you got good players that can go get their own buckets, it still is not a bad idea to come up with some sets that can make stuff easier for him. Like you might have a guy that can create his own shot, but it still wouldn't be a bad idea. Five to seven times a game, you might ran some plays for him to try to get him some easy ones. Right. Because a lot of the Kentucky players, when they score, it's just, you don't hardly ever see them get easy looks. A lot of times when Oscar's in the post, he looks super awkward trying to make some baskets and, you know, he's going to make some of them. Um, he's strong and he has an okay touch. So one-on-one, he going to make a lot. He going to make a, enough to be effective, but still there's a lot of times where he just looks awkward trying to, you know, make some of his moves. And then you look at like topping. He has to try to do a whole lot of one-on-one and he's, he's, he's getting awkward angles at the basket trying to like 
make contested layups. Then you look at Frederick and Reeves, and they just seem to not be able to get their shot off. Severe Wheeler gets to the basket, but once he gets there, he's just not big enough to finish. And that causes all kinds of problems. He either misses shots or he turns the ball over, you know, or sometimes he even gets stuck out because they don't have any way to get people open. He gets stuck out in the three and has to take an open three, which he doesn't really shoot that well. So he may make a few here and there, but a lot of times he's going to miss a lot of them. But I just wish Calipari would figure out a way to get some of these guys some easy baskets. I don't even care. If you got Reeves and Frederick inside the three-point line and you running little curl screens and they just shoot mid-range jumpers, still just get them boys a couple of good looks because I'm pretty sure they both can probably hit mid-range jumpers as good as they hit three-point jumpers if you would just run a few plays to get them open. Um I think they work so hard trying to get their own shot and they can't do it. They wear themselves out and and they just, you know, they they need that. A lot of the players on Kentucky's team, they just need more help from the coach. And he's going to have to start drawing up some stuff to get them some plays, to get some easy buckets, man. Like you don't have the like on on this team right now, I don't know if there's anybody that's going to be an impactful player in the NBA. And I don't even know if there's going to be many of these guys that actually even have a long-term NBA career. I can't really say one way or the other, you know, just yet. Cause you know, obviously some of the younger ones could develop and, you know, they could get in certain situations and be fine. Like Casey Wallace, I could see him ended up becoming a, a solid professional um, but I just, that this is one of the least individually talented teams. You just don't got those type of players. Like you don't have a shade, uh, Gildress Alexander that can pretty much get to the basket at will. You don't have guys like quickly, uh, that can just score. You don't got PJ Washington, who's big and stronger than everybody I mean, you got you got Sheway, but PJ got a little bit more uh, in his bag than Sheway got. You don't have John Wall. You don't have Murray. You don't have a Booker. You don't have a Tyler Eulis. Like you don't really have a team with those type of guys on it this year. So I feel like a lot of this is on Cal to try to figure out a way to combat some of these weaknesses are deficiencies that some of these players have, man. Like, that's on you to figure out a way to help. And it's hard for me to keep defending you because I keep seeing these players just not be able to get anything done. And honestly, um, this is kind of starting to look like a Tubby Smith ball all over again. And, you know, that's one of the things I was critical about when Tubby Smith was the coach is I felt like, Tubby Smith always had solid defensive teams. Like his his teams could keep you, you know, under 70 points. You know, a lot of the times it was like 50 to 60 point games. But he just, you know, his his teams didn't have offense either. And a lot of the times it was, you know, they might lose the game 54 to 50. 
They just couldn't really put the ball in the basket. And that's what I'm starting to look like. Look at some of these Calipari teams and be like, eh. these teams is kind of looking like they just can't really get it done. And a lot of the fans is getting super frustrated now. Like the fans, I think um, if they don't do something special this year, I feel like this year they got to at least get to the Elite Eight. Um, if you get to the Elite Eight, you might be able to get some of these fans to get excited again, get behind you, especially with what we got coming in next year. Um, you got this historical recruiting class coming. And obviously I want to see Calipari coach those guys and see what they can do. But if these next two years, if you don't do something, it's going to be, it's going to start to get funny in Lexington because these fans are really like the sense that I get is the fans are really fed up. Um, I think in the beginning of the Calipari uh, era, it was new. It was exciting. And we got a championship out of it pretty quickly. Like, you know, two years in and we was, we was at the top of the food chain. Um, and then slowly but surely, it just kind of started to go back down. And now, you know, now I kind of feel like a lot of these other schools have just had too much success recently. Like now we got Kansas that done won a championship lately. And they look like they got a solid team this year. You got North Carolina that's won recently. You got Duke that's won recently. You got all of these major schools that's won recently. And the one that kind of looks like it's at the back is Kentucky. Like, it just kind of seems like when you got these marquee matchups, it just always looks like Kentucky is the underdog. Now, I ain't gonna lie, we were supposed to meet Michigan State. We was favored over Michigan State, but obviously we lose to them. And it's another reason for people to go, oh, Calipari can't coach because you see him playing against Tom Izzo and everybody's like Tom Izzo out coaching him. So it just looks like whenever Calipari gets in these marquee matchups, whether the teams are ranked or not, he's always expected to fail, which obviously that means Kentucky is too. And you see it to the point where Gonzaga, like I just feel like as Kentucky basketball, we should be favored against Gonzaga because honestly Gonzaga hasn't accomplished anything special either. Like they had some good solid teams. Um, you know, they made some runs in the tournament here and there, but they really haven't really accomplished too much either. And it's almost like all the big schools is passing us by. Like you getting, you know, you had teams like Villanova before Jay Wright, you know, retired. That was, you know, that people starting to look at that uh, program like it was equal to Kentucky. So it's it's just it's starting to get back to that vibe where Kentucky is not being respected the way that Kentucky should be respected in college basketball. And Calipari is really. He's going to have to start coaching to win college basketball games instead of to produce professional athletes. As much as I hate to say that, because I understand what he was trying to do. Like he said, you know, I'm players first. Uh, We're going to get, you know, basically we're going to change these uh, kids lives. We're going to, you know, make better situations for these guys, families. And I respect and I, you know, I appreciate all of that. Um, 
if I was a father of a top athlete, I, you know, those are all the things I would want to hear from my son because, you know, ultimately you just want your son to be successful, but I'm not a father of one of these athletes. I'm a fan of Kentucky basketball. And I dug in a long time and supported Cal with the whole, like, you know, NBA factory style of coaching. Like I still was like supporting it because at the end of the day, I was like, look, we got a championship. We got four final fours. We've been highly successful, um, you know, since he's been here. But these last several years just kind of make it's kind of making it seem like we about to fall off. And I'm cool. Like, I'm not one of those crazy Kentucky fans that think we supposed to win every single year. But I do feel like every single year with the resources that we have, the players that we getting, you know, I do feel like we should be equally competitive to everybody else. We should always have a team that's as good as Duke and North Carolina, Kansas, you know, some of these other schools. Like, you know, I just feel like it should never be a, a point where we're not really in the conversation or we're not being taken serious. And I hate that it's getting to that point. But I think um, he's going to have to eventually change his style. And if he can, if he decides to just be super stubborn, eventually I don't think he's going to have any support from the fan base and probably a change will have to be made. And I think, generally speaking, most people love Calipari, but I think ultimately they're just not going to want to hear the excuses anymore. Like, we don't want to hear, oh, this is on me, or that's my fault. Like, we know whose fault we think it is regardless. But we're going to need you to actually make a change, not just say, that's my bad, and then come back out the next game and do the exact same things. Like, we need, and I hate to say the adjustments, but we need you to get on the X and O's and start making in-game adjustments and coach to win basketball games at Kentucky. That's probably the biggest problem is he's going to have to start coaching to win games at Kentucky. You might have to be a little bit more careful with your recruiting and start selecting players that you see a little bit more developed in certain areas that you might be missing versus just, you know, going after the top rated guys. Like you might get two of the top three guys, but neither one of them can shoot good. Well, you need a shooter. You got to recruit a shooter. Um, that's just the way it's going to go, but I don't know, man. It's, this was a, a frustrating way to cap the weekend off for Kentucky sports in general. I'm pretty sure everybody knows the football team uh, had a, you know, a disappointing loss against Georgia. I, I'm pretty sure most people didn't expect us to actually beat Georgia, but then once the game started, the defense was kind of holding up for a while, like, the defense played well, and you just start to feel like, okay, we got a shot. Like, we 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 in the game. We can just get some offense going. Like, we got a shot. And, you know, we had, like, one moment in the game where the offense looked good. rest of the game, it looked terrible. And we lost a game that could have easily – well, let me not say easily, but we lost a game that we very well may – have been able to win. And as bad as this season has gone, if we would have been able to snatch a win off of Georgia, it would have made things, you know, feel a little bit better, especially because 
you know, we just gave Coach Stoops an extension and they didn't even really announce it or make a big deal, which is kind of weird to me. It kind of just goes to show you what type of a season that we was having that, um, you know, it's almost like they didn't even want people to even pay attention to that because the fan base is probably so upset right now that it's kind of like they slid that in there on some like, uh, we know y'all mad, but we're going to go on and extend coach. But also, you know, I think, you know, it might have been some other schools. I heard Auburn and some other people that was probably, you know, trying to get in touch with Coach Stoops and maybe potentially steal him away from us. So I understand why they had to do what they had to do. And overall, I think uh, Stoops is a good coach, and I really appreciate what he's done for the actual program because he actually had us feeling like at the beginning of this year, like we may have had a chance to at least be second in the East, uh, if not potentially even win it. So at the end of the day, I, I wouldn't want to see Coach Stoops go, but I do think changes, especially on the offensive side of the ball, have to be made. And um, But like I said, man, it was just an overall disappointing weekend, and hopefully this week will be better. Um, you know, we got Louisville coming up on the football field and we definitely have got to win that. Um, if we lose football game to Louisville, oof, it, it'll be bad out here. I'm just trying to tell you like that, that will be a, the, the fans are definitely not going to like that. That, that one will hurt us, man. After all we've been through this year, if we don't get Louisville, that's going to hurt us badly, man. But anyways, I'll wrap it up right there, and we'll get back at it next time on Sports and Discourse with Derek Stevenson.